Welcome to this virtual service at Westchester Chapel. Thanks for listening to this message that comes directly from God's Word. To hear more, visit westchesterchapel.org and click on Media. Now grab your Bible as we dig into it together. Well, the Saturday morning had come. I had set in my mind a date on the calendar, and I woke up and this feeling of dread just came over me. It was uh, the day I was going to tell my father that I was leaving the career I had at Sports Illustrated and I was going to go into ministry. I had set the date hoping the Lord would return. (laughs) He decided not to return on my schedule And so here it was Saturday. Within a month, I would be, within a short period of time, I would be leaving the job and had to begin the process of telling people I was going. But the first person I needed to tell was my father. As many of you have heard, my father was a first generation generation American born, a family of immigrants born in White Plains right here. He had sacrificed so much. He was the eldest son, and so he put his entire family through college while he ran the family store. My brother, my sister, and I were raised by my father and mother, and they did everything they could to make it in a very expensive area, even in those days. My father had worked two jobs, two full-time jobs at the same time, so that my brother, my sister, and I would have a different life. They made sure we went to college. They made sure our life was going to be different. And my father was so proud that his daughter had achieved what he dreamed of. And then the Lord called me to ministry. (laughs) It was Saturday. The day was here. The last day possible that I was going to tell him. And I woke up with this dread. And the voice of the Lord spoke to me. He said, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. A hard message. Of course, it works out better for all if you follow that. And so I took what was the longest walk I would ever take up the 10 steps to tell my father. And I will just say, it did not go well. So today, we're going to be talking about willingness. Willingness to communicate God's message. And we're going to be looking at it today through the life of a prophet. As you remember, we're in our series on a prophet's life, looking at how the prophets were called to communicate God's word. And we're learning lessons because we are his people, and we are called to communicate his truths to those around us. And so we're looking at their lives. As you remember, last week, Pastor Joyce 
brought us to the book of Isaiah. And in the book of Isaiah, chapter 37, we encountered King Hezekiah. And Isaiah was sent to proclaim a message to King Hezekiah. Sennacherib, the Assyrian king, was threatening, threatening to, to take over Jerusalem unless they surrendered. They began defying the Lord, saying, look at all the other nations. They all thought their gods would save them. They didn't save them. So don't deceive yourselves by saying God will save you. And Pastor Joyce told us how Hezekiah went and cried out to the Lord. And the Lord sent the prophet Isaiah to say, do not fear. And Hezekiah was strengthened. And indeed, we saw that the angel of the Lord came upon the camps that were in siege around Israel, the Assyrian camps, and slayed thousands in one night. And the king of Assyria withdrew. We saw how the word of the Lord strengthened and how the obedience to communicate that message strengthened Hezekiah to succeed and to do, live out the plan God had for him. So now we come to a new story. We come to the, the story that follows next in the book of Isaiah, and it is in chapter 38. The period of time is about 700 years before the birth of Jesus. So that's the time we're working with. But what I want you to know, what we're about to read, although it looks like in your Bible that it follows the destruction of the Assyrian army, it is more likely that the incident we're reading about today actually happened before. And so although we read in the opening of this, in those days, it's better probably translated, and it came to pass. Because, you know, Bible writers like to rearrange when things happen to fulfill their purpose. And so we're going to open up and take a look at this. So we're in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 38, verse 1. And it says this, And it came to pass that Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order. You shall die. You shall not recover. So Isaiah the prophet is sent by the Lord to Hezekiah. Hezekiah is sick at the point of death. And Isaiah is given a message coming right from Yahweh. Thus says the Lord. There's no question who the message is from. Isaiah is using the formula that's, that says to all Israel, this is the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. And what is the message? Set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not live. Now, when I make a hospital call, 
I am really hoping for a different kind of message. I don't think any of us goes to the hospital and is asked to pray and hopes to hear from the Lord what Isaiah heard. But Isaiah says, yes, I will deliver the hard message. Yes, I will. I will deliver the hard message. And he's willing to deliver the hard message to what seems to be the wrong address. You see, Hezekiah is a good king. Hezekiah walks in the way of the Lord. Hezekiah called his people back to following God. This message should go to his father Ahaz. His father Ahaz, as we learned about him last week, was no prize. Set his son up for failure by making a, a treaty with the king of Assyria that kept the knife of the king of Assyria against the throat of the kings of Judah from that point on. Mm-hmm. Not only that, Ahaz corrupted the worship in the temple. He moved aside the altar, the burnt altar, that offering altar that God had constructed there. And instead, he had met the king of Assyria in Damascus. He saw in Damascus an altar there that he liked. And he decided to move aside the altar of God and put that altar, have a new altar designed and set that in the temple of the Lord. He worshipped all sorts of other gods, brought them back to worship. And the most heinous thing he did, he passed his son through the fire. He sacrificed his son to a false god. I think Ahaz should have gotten this message. You shall not live, you shall die. But Ahaz didn't. It says he died and was buried with his fathers. Isaiah is willing to deliver the message to what seems to be the wrong address. He is also willing to deliver the message that's a hard message, a hard message. You shall not live. You will die. Now, I hasten to add here that we are called to communicate God's messages, but when we have messages like this that come from the Lord, we test them. You see, Old Testament prophets have a little different calling than New Testament prophets. Things change between the two covenants. There are some, but one of the things that changes is in the New Covenant, prophecies are tested. It says in Thessalonians, test everything. So before you go to someone's house and say you are certainly going to die, please come and have the message tested. This was the word of the Lord. There was no question. And Isaiah goes and he delivers the word of the Lord. Yes, I will deliver the hard message. Yes, I will. I will deliver the message even though it seems to me like it's going to the wrong address. I will deliver the hard message. And then we go on to read this. In verse 2, chapter 38 in Isaiah, Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Please, O Lord, 
Remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Hezekiah turns his face to the wall, prays to the Lord, please, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And he wept bitterly. Isaiah's hard message provokes a response. The hard message that Isaiah delivers causes Hezekiah to do something. He turns to the Lord. He seems to be getting alone with God by turning his face to the wall. He he expresses how he feels to God. I can't tell you how strongly the original language captures how bitterly he is weeping. A great weeping, exceedingly, exceedingly strong. And he is expressing to God how he feels. And he says to God, remember, remember how I have done what is right in your sight. Remember, I have walked faithfully with you. See, Hezekiah is in covenant with God. And so he and God are in a relationship. And Hezekiah is calling on God to remember that he's been faithful to the covenant. And he entreats God. He does not demand it. He's saying, as we would say, please, please. And he makes his request known. Healthy communication. Making known what you feel without manipulation. He makes it known. And Isaiah records that Hezekiah turned this forth to the Lord. I read something interesting yesterday uh, on the internet. I didn't go looking for this, but it appeared. There had been a study done, and apparently uh, this, and they seem to be a legitimate worship, a legitimate uh, research organization, Maybe they worship too. A legitimate research organization. And they had done a study that is apparently receiving some national, uh, national attention of newlyweds. They did some, they charted and did a study on newlyweds. And then six years later, they went and studied them again. Apparently, which I did not know, Uh, Six years uh, seems to be the point. If you make your marriage go six years, you're highly likely that it will go on. But apparently the six-year mark uh, seems to be one that marks the time by which a lot of people, sadly, are divorced. And so they looked at this, and they, they studied those who got divorced, and they studied those who seemed to be thriving in this marriage, And what they discovered is that the people who were thriving did what they called turning to the other person more often. Asking for help, sharing positive comments, connecting in ways they would turn to the other person, and that's what they called it 
turning, and, and there were lots of ways people could turn. The people who were happily married, they got a score of like 86. The people who divorced, they were at 33. What they concluded is this turning to another builds relationship. Hezekiah turns to the Lord. The hard message caused Hezekiah to have the opportunity and he took it. He turned to the Lord. We heard today before in our question how someone heard a hard message and they took that opportunity, the person to whom the message came, and turned to the Lord. The hard message gives the opportunity for a response to the Lord. Gives an opportunity to turn. The hard message. Yes, I will deliver the hard message. The hard message gives the opportunity <coughs> to turn to the Lord. It goes on to say this in verse 4 through 7. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria and will defend the city. This shall be a sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing he has promised. Behold, I will make the shadow cast by the declining sun on the dial of Ahaz move back ten steps. So the sun turned back on the dial the ten steps by which it had declined. Quite a sign. Quite a sign that God would do what he would say. We see there are several. This particular story shows up three times in the scripture. It shows up in 2 Kings. It shows up in Chronicles. And it shows up here in Isaiah. We learn from the parallel in Kings that the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. He said, go and say to Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years. But in 2 Kings, we learned that Isaiah had gone out and only made it to the middle court when the word of the Lord came and said, turn around. I have a message for Hezekiah that's different. Yes, I'm willing to reverse course. Now, after I had worked myself up to go there, you know, you're a little like Jonah. But what if they repent? <laughs> I don't want them to repent. Having obediently gone and authoritatively declared, you will not live, you're not, you are going to die. Isaiah gets to the middle of the court. He's not even out of the palace. And the Lord says, turn around. 
and tell Hezekiah, I'm adding 15 years to his life. I will be willing to reverse course. I will be willing to reverse course. There was a time when we were at a, uh, we had our rather beautiful building, 214, that the Lord had given us, had promised us. And we were doing wonderful ministry in it, but many things were happening and funds were a big problem. And the people we were renting from found somebody who could pay what they were asking, which meant we had to go. So I'm like, oh no, you're, because we, we raised money to buy chairs, right? We had raised, seated in heavenly places. We had bought, I believe, 200, 200 plus chairs. And I said, I had said prior, I will not leave this place. You're going to have to carry me out on one of those chairs. <laughs> and we received the message that the, our landlords were saying, we have somebody more, you have to leave in 60 days. And so I'm all, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to take up my position to join all the prayers together. And Joyce, who had told me what was said, said uh, also, Fran, our local prophet, says, no choice. I said, okay, here we go. Move them up, pack them out. You know, you gotta be ready. You gotta, at the words, Lord of the Lord, reverse course. You have to be willing to reverse course. And Isaiah was willing. And so after delivering this hard message, Isaiah is willing to hear from the Lord that he wants to do something different. He doesn't sit there and say, but Lord, I was so emphatic. Thus says the Lord. He turns around, returns to Hezekiah, and says, Thus says the Lord, I'm adding 15 years to your life. So what we see is, yes, I am willing to bring the hard message. Yes, I am willing so that people can have a response to the Lord. Yes, I am willing to reverse course at God's direction. Yes, I am willing. And what happened in the life of Hezekiah? He responded to the Lord. He lived to see the, the, the fact that Assyria was totally destroyed, wiped out, and withdrew. He lived to go up and worship in the house of the Lord. In Kings it says, in three days you will go and worship in my house, up to the house of the Lord. And Hezekiah says, what will be the sign? And the sign is that he believes, and it's interesting, it's on Ahaz's stairway, that the sundial will move back 10 places. So Hezekiah knows in three days he will go up and worship at the house of the Lord, healed and restored, because someone was willing. Not only that, but if you read on in Isaiah 38, Hezekiah writes a psalm. He writes a song of new orientation. He's been through a hard time. He'll never be the same. And he writes this song. And the closing line of this song says, 
the Lord will save me, and we will play my music on stringed instruments all the days of our lives in the house of the Lord. Praise goes to God because Isaiah was willing, willing to bring the hard message, willing to allow the response, willing to reverse course. Isaiah was willing. Are we? Eh. Well, the Lord seems to think we need help in this area. I would like to say it's just you people out there. But no, the Lord says both the leadership and the congregation, we need help with the yes, I will. We need help with the yes, I will, especially when it comes to interacting deeply with one another. We don't want to give anybody a hard message. We don't want to give anybody. In fact, you know, it might be hard down there even if we have to give a good message because we've got to get deeper with each other. So there's a dread, a resistance. A resistance builds up that God doesn't want there. He wants us to say, yes, I will. Yes, I will go deep with my brothers and sisters. Yes, I will go deep so that the messages can come and glory can abound. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. And so the Lord says this, my purpose is still to generate those believers, that's us, so abandoned to me, to God, that resistance to my will is a long ago sensation never to be devil again. It's possible. It's right here in the book. Anybody want to say, yes, I will to this? <laughs> Part of us, some of us are going, oh, what does this mean? <laughs> yes, I will. Let's pray. Lord, search me and know me. Show me if there's dread. Dread of engagement. Dread of bringing messages, dread of your will. I see this dread deprives others of the ability to, to thrive in you, to turn. So forgive me, Lord, for this resistance. Forgive me for this dread. Forgive me and clean me by the blood of Jesus. I want resistance to your will to be a long-ago sensation, never to be devil again. <laughs> and the Lord says all things are possible to those who believe. Holy Spirit, change me. Let my response to you, Lord God, be, yes, I will. Yes, I will. In the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All my days, yes, I will. And oh, the joy that is possible to be unleashed when we're willing to bring God's message to God's people. There is joy. I think I might have a message. Absolutely. <laughs> Praise the Lord.
<laughs> this is a hard word Linda brought to us today. It was. I was wishing I didn't have to. <laughs> it's a roll up your sleeves, get involved in each other's lives. And that's the rub for us. We don't, we don't want to do that because it's messy when we get involved in other people's lives. We might get mad at each other. We might not believe the gospel holds. Mm. But here's the thing is that when you're in conflict and you can resolve things in the gospel, then you know the gospel holds. Mm. It is the most powerful thing. That's why not fighting as a couple is not a good thing. Because if you can fight as a couple and resolve it in Christ, then you know the love is there. Mm. The gospel is there. So the Lord says to us today, will you trust him? Mm. This is about trusting God. Mm. This is about trusting God to work in each one of us. Mm. That's the word of the Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I was trying to figure out how to say that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was coming. <laughs> Thank you to Joyce Willie, willing to bring the message. Good times ahead. <laughs> May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his face upon us and give us shalom. Yes, you will, Lord, and yes, we will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. After hearing the message today, if you'd like to start a relationship with Jesus or rededicate your life to him, why not do it now? Pray with me right where you are. Lord Jesus, I turn from going my own way and I choose to follow you. Forgive me for my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross to cover them and rising again from the dead. I choose now to live for you and I receive your life into mine. Amen. If you prayed with us, get in touch through our contact page at westchesterchapel.org. There you can find more information on how to grow in your faith and where we meet. We'd love to have you join us.